morning. Take this off. Happy Easter. It's, uh, it's great to be here this morning. And uh, for those of you who are visiting and are uh, not regulars here, we're just so glad that you're here and to see your faces. It's great to have you. And we are celebrating, as we, we've just said, we're celebrating the greatest celebration of the whole year. The greatest celebration to us as Christians on the Christian calendar, because today, hundreds of millions of people once again, think about that, hundreds of millions of people once again will gather in various places and are already gathered and have already gathered to acknowledge all around the world a moment in history that changed the world. It changed the history of humanity, and it continues to change the outcome of people's lives today. Do you believe that? And so not only did this Easter event change history, but it also offers to change our present and our future as well. God is still able to take a life filled with hopelessness, filled with questions, filled with brokenness and doubts. And he can turn it all around and he can give us new life and new purpose and new meaning. All because, as we've declared this morning, Jesus is alive and has the power today to forgive whatever our past is. Even if we don't feel like we deserve it. I want you to catch that this morning. Because maybe some of you feel like God, has, God can't do anything in your life. Because you don't deserve it. Well, that's, that's not true today. And a couple of days ago, many of you joined with us on Good Friday. Uh, over at Calvary Church. And we remembered the death that Jesus died and the cost of his life that was, he was willing to give in order to, to take our place. In order to die uh, for our sins. Well, this morning, two days later, I'd like for us to read through the story of that first Easter morning. To grasp the significance of all that was accomplished by Jesus that day. I'm just going to read through the verses. You might, uh, I'm not going to tell you where to find it because so, I'm going to move through things quickly. But thanks, I see some of you got out your Bibles. But uh, just trying to follow along with me as I, as I read. And as we jump into the story this morning, we find that Jesus has died that his body has been wrapped up in grave clothes. He's been placed inside a stone tomb. There's been a large boulder uh, that, is, that would take multiple people to move. And it's been placed in front of this tomb. And guards have been placed in front of the tomb because of how popular Jesus was. They were afraid that somebody might come and and steal Jesus' body. So this, this big boulder is put in front. And these guards are there. So that nothing can happen. Nobody's going to do anything. Disturb anything. And in Luke 24 verse 1. It says that. Very early on Sunday morning. The women which. Were friends of Jesus. They went to the tomb. They took spices that they had prepared. This was a, a typical custom of, the, of those days. That. Uh, it, it was a common sign of love and, and respect. You know, so, like today, maybe someone would put bouquet, a bouquet of flowers on somebody's gravesite. 
out of respect, out of love for someone that we know and someone that we love. Well, Matthew 28, verses 2 to 4, continues this story, saying, Suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. Nobody was going to move that stone back into place. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was white as snow. And the guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. And in Mark 16, verse 3, we go back to the, the ladies as they're, as they're approaching this, uh, this tomb, and they're asking each other, who will roll the stone away? Who will roll the stone away from the entrance? Because there's a bunch of these ladies, and they're thinking, we're not going to be able to do it. There's, there's three of us here. We're walking on the way to this, this tomb. We're not going to be strong enough. This is a massive boulder. Who's going to roll the stone away? And then, and but as they arrived, it says, they looked up and they saw the stone, which was very large, that had already been rolled aside. And then going back to Matthew 28, it says, then the angel spoke to the women, don't be afraid. I know you're looking for Jesus. He was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come and see. I love that. It's an invitation. Come and see where his body was laying. And now go quickly and tell the disciples that he has risen from the dead. Come and see for yourselves that he's risen. And now go. Because something has happened. You can see it for yourself. Go and tell people. There's life. There's newness. There's the change. The, what was dead is now alive. Just as Jesus, who is dead, is now alive. On that day, as Sunday came and the sun began to rise over the land, this world didn't realize what was going to happen. They didn't recognize the significance of the day. But on that day, the Son of God would rise. That, and hope and new life would begin. And an angel, as the angel said, he is risen. He is not here. But why did Jesus have to die in the first place? That's a question a lot of people have asked over the years. And the answer lies solely with us. Romans 3.23 says that all have sinned and all of us have fallen short of the glory of God, of the standard, of the desire and the design that God wants us to live by, the, what God created us for, God to live for him, to live with him as our sole purpose. We've fallen short. And Romans 6.23 tells us that the penalty or the, the wages or the consequence of that sin of turning or choosing not to live for God is death. We were all born with a capability, a desire for sin. We know that. That's true, right? 
You can see it in, in kids. Uh, I got kids, and they're getting older now, but I can see it as they're growing up. And some of you that have young kids, you know it's true. Right? It's Easter. There's lots of chocolate. What happens when mom says, you can't have that chocolate because we're going to have dinner soon. You're going to spoil your dinner. Well, I'm going to take some of that chocolate up to my room, and maybe mom won't even know that it's gone. Right? What about, oh, man, it's, it's, a, it's a day, a beautiful day out. So we go, as a kid, go outside. You're running around, but it had just rained earlier. And there's puddles all over the ground, and you got your sneakers on. You're not supposed to run through the puddles with your sneakers on. But what do you do? It's just too much fun. I gotta run through the puddle, right? Even as adults, there are things that we know are wrong that we shouldn't do, and yet the desire's still there, right? And we all come to that point, I think, all of us, where we get to that point where we know what we're doing is wrong, but we still choose to do those things anyway, right? And because we all sin and because we all do what is wrong, we're all in the same boat. We're all guilty. We've all failed. We've all fallen short of God's glorious standard for our lives. And what is that? It's sin. That's the definition of sin. We've missed the point. But the great thing about God is that even Though we have continued to fall short of God's best for our lives, his love has never ended. He always had our best in mind. There was nothing that we could do to save ourselves, but in his great love, Jesus, God's son, God himself, came to this earth, came and turned it all upside down. God sent his son through a demonstration of his love and of his mercy, of his grace that has held this world in amazement for centuries since. John 3.16, one of the most recognized verses of the Bible, you may know it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. The fact is that God himself came to our rescue. The fact that the very one who created us and breathed life into us filled our lungs, gave us this life that we have is the same one who also died to give us a new life. And I don't know about you, but that astounds me. That he came to our rescue and he gave us a second chance. Sin has brought this world lots of pain, lots of grief, lots of sorrow. But because Jesus lives, we can truly live. And because he rose, we can come alive and awake and we can go from death to life, new life in him. Our God is a merciful God. 
And wherever you are, wherever you've been, however bad or good or whatever you think you are, God in his love for you will always come to your rescue if you'll invite him. It doesn't matter how long you've chosen to live without him. He still waits. He still reaches out. He still offers you life. If you'll just receive it, if you'll just believe it. And he will become the leader of your life if you'll let him. It's a spiritual life change, an inner change that comes from having our sins forgiven. Of having him make us new again and giving us that new start that he wants to give us. The Bible refers to this as being born again. Maybe you've heard that term. It's a, it's a term the Bible uses to refer to an, the, the old life of sin fading away. It doesn't happen overnight, does it? No. But it begins to fade away and we begin to take on this new life over here. We begin to make new steps and we begin to surround ourselves with people that can help us on our journey. We begin to make choices that we say no to some things and yes to some other things. And we become more alive day after day as we choose today. I'm going to choose this day to follow him. The past can be forgiven. We can start fresh again. All because of the mercy and the love of God that we don't deserve. None of us deserve it. Like I said, we're all in the same boat. But Jesus took our place. We should have died. That was the punishment. Our death, death, physical death, but also spiritual death. We are separated from our purpose of, of being close to God and living for him. And that's why Jesus took the time. Jesus laid down his life. Jesus came for us and he gave his life for us as a sacrifice. And we're grateful for the cross. And we're grateful for what it represents. But as Pastor David already said, if Good Friday was the end. If that was the, the whole story, we wouldn't have Easter to celebrate. The cross would lose its power. It, it would lose its impact. It wouldn't mean anything. It would just be another sacrifice of a guy who, who, who died on a cross like so many other people did back in those days. We'd have no chance of forgiveness. We'd still be bound by the struggle that we have, we all live by. With sin in our lives. But because the tomb lies empty today. Because on that first Easter Sunday morning. The angel declared. He is not here. He is risen. Easter now takes on this whole new meaning for us. We are alive. Because he is alive. And all those things that have brought us discouragement. And defeat. And emptiness. And loneliness. And scars of our past. And all those things that we, we struggle to overcome day after day. All those things can be made new because what was dead can now come to life because of him. 
Ephesians 2 verses 4 and 5 say that God is so rich in his mercy and he loved us so very much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave life when he raised Christ from the dead. And 1 Peter 1 verse 3 says, Give praise then to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he's given us a new birth and a hope that is alive. It is alive, why? Because Jesus rose from the dead. But along with that life that we have in him now, we also have something else. We have, we have been given hope. I love that word. It's not a wishing kind of hope where we wish something is going to happen. But it's a confident hope where we know because of God, because of Jesus who is alive, that we know that what he has promised, what he has offered to us is real. And we have this confident belief that we can hold on to. He has given us a hope for today, for each new day, for a better future. The resurrection of Jesus, the empty tomb, reminds us that hope can be found in the midst of our discouragements and can give us this confident expectation that God is still in control. And if we will allow God to be in control, it doesn't mean that our lives are going to be perfect. It doesn't mean that we'll never go through any hard times. We all know that. But in and through all of those struggles and difficulties and challenges that we face in this life, we have this hope that God is going to help us through. That God is going to hang on to us tightly even though we might feel inside like everything is falling apart. God is still hanging on to you. He's still wanting to work in your life. Therefore, we can look to our future with confidence. We don't know what tomorrow holds. The future is unclear, but we can believe that God holds our future. And because if God can overcome the grave and defeat even death itself, then he is also more than able to guide us and keep us through anything that this life has in store. When he is our God and when we are his children, we can trust that his leading in our life will be good. Do you believe that? And so this morning, maybe... Maybe you've become discouraged lately. Maybe you've been disappointed by things that have happened. Maybe you're finding it hard to believe. Maybe you once believed very strongly. But you're still but today you're in a place where you're finding it hard to believe again. Maybe you lost faith at some point because something happened and you just, you just can't forget it. Maybe your heart feels too calloused that you just don't know if you'll ever be the same again. I want you to know this. 
that God has not given up on you. That he longs to bring you back to life again. And I would say to you, there's still hope for you. But the hope of Easter is about also about what is to come. It's, it's a, there's this hope, not just for today and for tomorrow, but there's this hope that one day when this life is over, this is not the end. That we have something greater to live for. That one day, Jesus who is alive, who is now sitting, at, as the Bible says, at the right hand of the Father, who is, who is working between us and God the Father. When we pray, we pray in Jesus' name. Jesus goes between us and God the Father. Because when we invite him to forgive us and live in our lives, he makes the way. We were separated from God because of our sin. But Jesus has made that way. And, and, and when we celebrate Easter and when we celebrate the empty tomb and when we put our trust in God, we believe that there is hope for tomorrow, for our future, for at the, after this life is over, that we will one day live in a place where, you know, there's going to be full, it's going to be full of excitement. Let me tell you, we think of heaven sometimes as this Land above the clouds and uh, uh, nothing going on except eating cream cheese. And <laughs> But let me tell you, if God was willing to give his life for you, let me tell you what he's got planned for you is going to be good. It's worth giving our lives to. Ephesians 2, verses 4 and 5 say, God is so rich in mercy. I want to read that again. He loved us so much that when we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life. When he raised Christ from the dead. And it is only by God's grace that you have been saved. By God's mighty power, Jesus is making us alive. And, and maybe you're here. And maybe as you've been listening to the Easter story. And as, as we've been sharing together. As the music was, was being played. And the songs were being sung. And you were listening to the words. And you're listening to what is being shared now. I just Maybe something is, is happening inside of you. Maybe God is... Is doing something in you or something that has felt dead and buried for a while is maybe starting to come alive. Maybe you're here and you're beginning to lean in to think, what? Maybe this is real. Maybe I, this is, maybe I want to believe. And you might be thinking, uh, on this Easter Sunday, I want more. I want to be alive. 
want what God has for me. If that's you, I want to pray for you this morning, if you'll let me. And I want you just, just to believe inside your heart and in your thoughts that God can do that for you. That God can take what you felt is, is long past. Maybe you've buried it for a long time. Maybe it's never been, there's never been anything there. Maybe you've never even thought about God much in the past. I want you to lean in, to pray with me as I pray for you, in your own heart. Say, God, I want this. God, I want what you have for me. God, I want to be alive. I want my life to mean something. If you're here and you want that, Maybe you're here and you've served God for a long time or, you've, you know, you're beginning your journey and you, but you just want more of, of God. And you want him to continue to make you more and more alive in him. Would you pray that as well? Can we bow our heads as we, as we pray together? God, I thank you for what you're doing in this place. I thank you for what you're doing in people's hearts this morning. God, that you, as we remember what you've done in going from death to life, Lord, we believe that in our lives you can make what was dead come alive. And God, you can give us that hope, that confident hope for each new day, for our future, God, that you will be with us that you will hold on to us no matter what we go through. And so, God, I pray for those of who would say, God, I want more. I want, I want to invite you to begin that, that journey with me. I want to give my life to you, God. I want to be yours. I want to follow you. I pray in their own hearts that what I'm saying would be real to them. And they would, they would invite you inside, into their world this morning. We pray that in Jesus' name. If that's you, would you just pray this after me? And maybe all of us can pray together. Dear Jesus, we thank you for Easter. And I thank you this morning that you died for me. But not that you're still dead, but that you're alive. You changed everything. And this morning, I know that you're wanting to change something in me. And so, God, I give you my life. I give you my future. I give you my hopes and dreams. Walk with me. Guide me each day. Help me to live for you. Forgive me of my past, of the times I've messed up. And help me to move away from the struggle that I've faced and to walk closer to you. 
Help me to surround myself with other people that will help me to live this life for you. We thank you for what you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're here and you pray that prayer, I want to encourage you. The Bible says that if we confess with our hearts and we believe, if we believe and we confess, if we believe that Jesus is Lord and confess with our hearts, or our, our mouths, that God raised him from the dead, that we are saved, that we have given our lives to him, that, that there's a change that comes into our lives. And, and so this morning, you've done the first thing. You've believed. You, something is alive in you. But I'm going to encourage you that some, at some point, maybe you want to just turn to somebody even now or, or maybe as you're going out and just say, I prayed that prayer. I made that my choice. Or just, just say something to somebody. Just to say, I did it. And you know what? That, what's going to happen? That person is going to say, awesome. I'm so proud of you. I want to walk with you. And we're going to do this together. And, and you know, well, that's the great thing about, about church and about what we have here. People that come together week after week. And I'm going to invite you to, to, to come or to find a church family that you can be a part of, where you can work, you can journey together and, and live your life together because we're stronger together. And so I encourage you to do that. I'm going to invite the worship team to come back and they're going to sing one final song in conclusion. The song says, in Christ alone, my hope, uh, Christ alone, my hope is found. And, uh, and then it talks about, you know, Jesus being the cornerstone, the foundation that we build our lives on. And, and I want you to, to believe that today, that you have begun that journey and, and you are continuing that journey maybe. You're building your life on him. Amen? God bless you.